Here's a message from Ken Lavica. Sometimes things just feel like a sure thing. Like it's all going to work out. Like destiny is in your favor. And then it doesn't. And that's the case of Dan Mullen and the University of Florida. Hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Turn it up! Turn it up! From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. It's really inconceivable how Dan Mullen in Florida didn't work. And it's not just that it didn't work. It's the speed in which it went from good to bad to really, really, really unconvincingly terrible. And that is the story of Dan Mullen in Florida. It's Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3. We are here on a Monday in the Anna John Levine Accident Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point Towers, off of the comfortable Intracoastal. And it's Monday, and that means Theo Dorsey, WPTV, News Channel 5, WFLX, Fox 29. Also hanging out is Christina Costanza. Tina, you hear on the home team, 3 to 5 every day here on ESPN 106.3. And making sure things run smoothly is Friday night lights himself stone labanowitz and so theo dan mullen's gone just like that and you and i have talked about it dan mullen in trouble having issues things not necessarily going florida's way and then there uh is the issues last week uh where they're giving up a ton of points to an fcs team and then there's the loss to mizzou this week and dan mullen uh he of the long time uh, Gator Way, part of the glory years uh, approach, coming back, prodigal son of the program, and just like that, he's done. And man, was that quick. Like, that's whiplash stuff. How quickly that went from, man, things are good, to uh, there's no way we can come back from this. It's too big a hole. Weren't they in the SEC championship game, like, last year? Yeah, it seems like five minutes ago. They yeah. were and And... <laughs> giving Alabama trouble, yeah, making them sweat, giving them issues. And so this is really one of the all-time coaching flameouts that I can remember. A guy with all the hype, all the buzz, heralded higher, roundly applauded, very few detractors, and it started out so good. And you could see that there was a path, and you could see that wow, this is a dynamic offense. And then last year, they really got it rolling. SEC title game, where they almost beat Alabama. But I can kind of see where things started to go wrong with Dan Mullen. And I don't think this is necessarily a football issue. It started as Dan Mullen kind of being erratic and weird. I don't know, Theo, (laughs) if you remember last year, after the loss at Texas A&M, that was the first indication that we had that something might be a little off with Dan Mullen when he post-game basically threatened the University of Florida administration into completely opening up the swamp in the middle of the pandemic and saying we need to sell out the swamp. I mean, it was strong words. It was weird. It was uh, sort of out of turn. 
yeah, you're a highly paid head coach, but you going after your own administration in a bout of anger, it's not a great call no matter what job you're in. Yeah, it was it was almost one of those backs against the wall things, and it it started so early because that, it, even in that season they ended up doing well, like it ended up yeah. panning out well for him. But you can tell he felt a little pressure there, and he was kind of trying to shift the focus from what their performance was to hey, put some fans in the stands, and maybe that'll help us out. It but it was still a good team, and they still had a lot to play for, as yeah. we we saw. But then there was him inciting the fight. Against Mizzou at the swap. I've never seen a head coach do that where he runs out to the middle of the field. And if you want to know why there was a fight between Florida and Mizzou last year, it had nothing to do with the players. It was Dan Mullen. He started that whole thing. Name me one other time, Theo. You in any sport, not just college football or even pro football, can remember a head coach Mm. sparking a fight. Well, you got to remember that he wasn't a head coach that day. He was Darth Vader. Oh, that's so, right. That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So you got to remember, he was the evil empire. He, he was evil. Got yeah, it. He yeah. was just channeling that. Yeah. You're exactly right. <laughs> he was getting ready for his post game press conference, yeah. col- holiday costume. But people don't remember yeah. when he was dressed up as Darth Vader. So right. Right. That's what well, that was. Uh, he got that thrown back at him big yeah. time. Uh, <laughs> actually, uh, with Eli Drinkwitz, who uh, brought out a lightsaber yeah. uh, and put his hood up like a Jedi after Mizzou won this weekend. When you're getting trolled by Eli Drinkwitz, it probably mm. is time for you to <laughs> uh, to pack up and and. and and head out. And then there was the show cause penalty that we learned Dan Mullen picked up when uh, he lost recruiting privileges for basically a full calendar year. Not ideal, right? Not great, right? And then there's the loss in the bowl game last year where they get throttled and Dan Mullen says, oh, well, we didn't have to be here. We didn't have to be here. I go, thanks, Dan. I'm glad that I'm glad for our entertainment you made sure that the Gators played football. Oh, yeah, and before that, there's the uh, Marco Wilson shoe throw against LSU yeah. as well. So all of those things, and you're like, Dan Mullen's kind of weird. Like Dan Mullen, some of the things he says and does, like, that's actually kind of like psycho behavior. Yeah. But it was fine because they were winning games. They lost a couple of close, close ones last year. But then this year starts, and you have the one close loss to Alabama. Then the bottom fell out. This was just bad football. He couldn't make a decision on a quarterback. And I honestly think that the final nail came a couple of weeks ago when leading into the Georgia game, he's at, or coming out of the Georgia game, he's asked about recruiting. He's like, ah, oh, we'll talk about recruiting when it's recruiting season. Mm. Buddy. That's not how it works. Not in the SEC, at least. You can't you can't dodge a question about recruiting when you have, by the numbers, underwhelmed as a recruiter in Gainesville. How is that even possible? And then it led to almost losing to an FCS team and then losing in overtime to Mizzou. I think Dan Mullen got fired more for just being flat-out weird and erratic than for anything that he did or did not do as a head coach. Like, that's what it sort of feels like to me. And I think Florida kind of had to go that route because you're not fixing that. You can fix things on the field, but if your coach is kind of weird, you're not, and that's fun Steve Spurrier weird, <laughs> yeah. but like detrimental, uh, kind of crazy weird, you're not fixing that. Yeah, and it was almost best case scenario that they lost to Missouri because if they beat Missouri, it's a little harder to defend firing him, you know, I wouldn't say today, but yesterday. And then also on top of that, if they beat Missouri and then beat Florida State, it's like it seems like he's ending the season on a good note. Yeah. Getting around. So 
it almost worked out perfectly for anybody in Gator Nation that wanted him to go. And he kind of had to go at this point, right? It felt like that as the season started brewing along. It definitely was sort of trending that way, and I think he eventually had more detractors than he did supporters, and Scott Strickland had to make a call, and he did. But look at this. 2018, 10-3 mm. overall, 5-3 and three in the SEC. 2019, 11-2, won the Orange Bowl, 6-2 and two in the SEC. Last year, 8-4, eight 8-2, and four, eight and two, East Champions, Pounded Georgia, mm. a Georgia team that has the same core this year that they had last year, and then five and six, two and six. I mean, just a precipitous drop. And I haven't seen very much like it. To me, Dan Mullen and this coaching flameout, whether you're talking college football, whether you're talking pro football, is one of the biggest coaching flameouts of all time. What is the biggest pro or college football head coaching flameout that you can recall? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. What is your biggest pro or college football head coaching flameout? Theo, for me, it's Dan Mullen. Yeah, I, I can see that one. Obviously, that one also had a lot more promise than the one that I'm going to bring up. Okay. But it feels like you can pick, you can just, you know what, you can like put a map up of South Florida, throw a dart at it, and then pick one of those for what right now is going on. <laughs> yeah, over the decades. Yeah. 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 But I have to go close to my heart. I'm a Miami Hurricanes fan, and I, for one, was psyched when Manny Diaz turned down the Temple job, came back to Miami, and decided to be the head coach after the turnover chain nonsense and after all of that. I know he's not fired quite yet but it feels about over as quick as it started. I think Manny Diaz is probably coaching his final game of his Miami coaching career at Duke this Saturday. So, yeah. so let me let me just dissect that. So you you thought that Manny Diaz who came in with high defensive acumen, mm-hmm. and that was a big hire from Mark Richt, but he had no head coaching experience. But you you thought that he after six seconds as Temple head coach being hired back to Miami, you thought that that would translate to the ACC and that he would come in in that job that can be a little bit toxic and he'd be able to handle it. Well, the main thing for me was it was twofold. Number one, I think to be a Miami Hurricanes head football coach, the main thing you have to be good at is trying to, I know you can't do it in 2021 like you could in the 80s and 70s and 90s or whatever, but trying to build that wall around the state, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, of Miami. Uh, a la, you know, Howard Schnellenberger and what all of the great coaches did post him at Miami. But I felt like Manny Diaz had that relatability. It felt like players liked him. He brought out the turnover chain stuff. He had, like, the culture of Miami part down. Plus, he was supposed to be this defensive mastermind. And when he was the D.C., our defense was, like, great those couple of years. And we made some huge plays, uh, won some big primetime games. So I was excited about the hire. Again, it wasn't as heralded as the Dan Mullen hire at Florida. But it was kind of similar, just offensive coach versus defensive coach, yeah. and they're flaming out about the same time. So Dan Mullen's gone. Manny Diaz is about to be gone. Here in this state alone, these are some present day, we're living in this time, yeah. all-time college football coaching flameouts. But I want to extend this to pro football as well because I think, for me, thinking about it, Adam Gase was one of the big all-time coaching flameouts. Yeah. Remember... He came as the mentor to Peyton Manning, maximizing Peyton late in his career 
in Denver. Went up to Chicago. Jake Cutler had his best years as a pro with Adam Gase in charge of the offense with the Bears. Helped lead the Bears to uh, really a pass of the Super Bowl before losing to the Packers at home at Soldier Field. Adam Gase was the hottest coaching commodity on the market the season that the Dolphins nabbed him. And they go to the playoffs in his first year, and after that, it was nothing but mediocre. Mm. And then more mediocre. And then more mediocre. And then just flat out bad. And it was time to make a change. Adam Gase is the reason that Ryan Tannehill, we never knew what he was. He was with the Dolphins for eight seasons, and we did not know what he was. To me, Adam Gase was a spectacular flameout that then carried up into New York. So much so, he was such a flame out here with the Dolphins that when the Jets hired him, we all asked ourselves, what the hell are the Jets doing? <laughs> like, that's just abject nonsense. Why, why would they hire Adam Gase? And then he, uh, he paid back the Jets in spades with, well, being a complete dumpster fire. Yeah. Like, we told them. We tried to, as Dolphins fans, warn the Jets, uh-uh, nope, red flags all over the place. And then he had the weird, twitchy-eyed press conference, and then he ruined Sam Darnold, and then wait, he wait, was no, fired. Wait, wait, wait. He didn't ruin Sam Darnold. I want to I wanna put a pause on that. As a Panthers fan, I think Sam Darnold is Sam Darnold. I'm not going to put that on Adam Gates. Adam Gates did a lot of bad things. Sam Darnold did his own doing. Uh, so you don't yeah. think that he crushed Sam Darnold's ability to play quarterback early in his yeah. career as he was an impressionable young signal caller? Look at Ryan Tannehill now and look at Sam Darnold. And I know it's not the best showing because Tannehill just had a bad game, but yeah. Tannehill is still a serviceable quarterback. Sam Darnold is still doing Jets' Sam Darnold things. So a- Adam Gase has a lot of faults in the NFL. Uh-huh. Sam Darnold, not one of them. Breaking news. Theo Dorsey defending Adam Gase. I never <laughs> thought I'd see the day. Who's the biggest pro or college football coaching flameout? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at ESPN West Palm as well. Dan Mullen, he's up there. He's high on the Mount Rushmore of college coaching flameouts. This was a guy who was double-digit wins his first two years. This is a guy who goes to the SEC title game in year three and then can't survive year four. And I really think it's unlike any other coaching situation I can remember because Dan Mullen getting fired more for just being a flat-out weirdo mm. than anything. That, that That's what spilled onto the field. Yeah, It wasn't... Vice versa. Things were going good when he started turning erratic and turning into a psychopath. And that is what started affecting what was on the field. Not frustrations boiling over because the Gators were playing poorly, and then he started getting standoffish and bizarre. I've never seen anything like it. It is really weird. And then for for Theo, Manny Diaz. Manny Diaz, he was one of ours, a South Florida guy. Sure, he went to Florida State, but from South Florida, has the Canes DNA, born and raised, Cuban guy, coming to stand on the Canes sideline. And he's entering his final five days, Mm. conceivably, as Miami Hurricanes head coach. I would have never thought that, man. Flame outs. Flame outs. Who are your biggest coaching flameouts, pro or college? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And uh, you know what's what's funny? And we were talking about Adam Gase, and we're talking about all these, these coaching situations. And I think Tina can probably relate to this. It's sort of like when you're in a relationship, right? And it's the new part of the relationship where... 
there's the butterflies, right, Tina? The honeymoon the stage. The honeymoon stage yeah. where you see the person and you get all tingly you're so and warm excited. inside. You're so excited to see them. Absolutely. <laughs> and so you're like, oh, let's go to the dinner or even just a, a, a little sit down on TV trays. It's special because you're together and you're holding hands and you're, you're kissing on cheeks. And then like you get past the first. All right, let's do this. Theo, what's your threshold to when the honeymoon stage ends? Mm, mm. I, be I honest. Say, I'll be honest, though. I feel like the honeymoon phase uh, lasts longer with me than typical people. I feel oh, like the honeymoon stage really depends. so depend- full of crap. <laughs> well, I feel like the honeymoon stage, just it depends on the people. It does depend like, on the person. Like, I right. think Courtney Kardashian yeah. and Travis Barker are still in this honeymoon stage, yeah. and they've been together now for, I think, almost over well, a year. Courtney, wow. Courtney is, I mean, she's hot. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Well, doing that. Lord. <laughs> I would say though, the honeymoon stage, like if you're dating, probably ends around like three months, yeah. four months. See, I think that's a good uh, I think that's months. a good no, I, it's six months. Give me six. Give me six. You're a keeper. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I you know, I'm blessing. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, that actually, that's uh that makes me feel good because I'm with Tina. Like, I think average of all my relationships has probably been around three months. I you think really that's start reasonable. to get to know them yeah. and then you're just you're seeing their true colors, you're yeah. hanging with their friends, yeah. you know. I think it kind of ends around there. I think in college football and pro football, the honeymoon stage is probably two years where mm. you either you either are like, you know what, that's not my life partner, or you're like, hey, I'm ready to propose. After year two, <laughs> you really generally know if you're ready to get on a knee or you're like, you know what, I probably should move out or, or you should move out or vice versa. Yeah, because everybody deserves at least one year. Yeah. And in year yeah. two is decision time. Yeah. One year, like that was something catastrophic that happened because if your relationship is an adult, if your relationship ends within the first like month, something catastrophic yeah. happened. A mistake was made or someone did something a little sketchy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So in pro football or college football for a program or for a, a, a franchise to say, yeah, this ain't it. After one year, that was that was a bad match. Yeah. A bad match. Who was the biggest pro football or college football flameout? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Ronnie is in Boca. Ronnie, you're on Ken Levick Alive. What's up, Ronnie? Hey, the biggest flameout is Matt Patricia mm. with the oh, Detroit yeah. Lions. Yep. Yep. I mean, the Lions go to the playoffs two out of three years under Jim Caldwell, and Caldwell wasn't good enough, and Patricia with his... Patriot way of the Midwest, mm-hmm. he just turned the Lions into a laughing stock. And I like Dan Campbell. I think he's going to turn it around, but it's going to take him two to three years. You know, Ryan, and, you bring up an interesting point with Patricia because I think we can have this singular discussion and do an entire segment just on who's the biggest flameout as a Belichick disciple mm. who went on to become a head coach, true. right? Very true. Like Bill O'Brien had a couple of years, but then that ended in uh, diving out of a plane without a parachute fashion as well. Appreciate the call, Ronnie, because then Bill O'Brien wanted to take over personnel decisions, and then the Texans got super, super bad. Yeah, I was like, that was the worst decision maybe of his life, and I'm not sure all of his personal life. Of his whole life. Yeah, taking over (laughs) the the personnel. And I, I think what happened with Matt Patricia was he had the pencil, remember? with the laminated play calling uh-huh. sheet, and he couldn't write on it. And I think he kept that pencil in his ear so long and wasn't able to write on that laminated play sheet that that's what screwed him in Detroit. So let's not blame Matt Patricia 
Get him a Sharpie next time. Yeah, Troy. get him, get him, get him a Sharpie, a dry <laughs> erase, something yeah. to help that process. Can we can we be honest about something too? Like if you're keeping a pencil or a pen behind your ear in this decade, like <laughs> Tina, you're kind of a dork, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I don't. Now here's the thing with me though, and why it never worked. I have large ears. I'm well endowed in the ear category okay like if if there was a measuring system i'd have double d ears okay and (laughs) so uh, i could never fit a pen or a pencil behind them because they kind of stick it was it wasn't even that they were big it's that they stuck out Mm. a lot too so i don't have the tight fit for a pen or a pencil to stick behind my ear and so me i'm judging other people who do that that makes sense. But you know what you could do? You could wear a beanie or something that holds that ear down and stick the pencil behind Damn it. Oh. You know? After all those years, yeah. you're right. I could have done that. The beanie action. I have blown any chance <laughs> you I ever had. You were in Chicago, too. I know. You could have done the beanie. Nobody would have thought anything. And I always wore a hat. You could have hit those, it. Those, you, no one would have seen it. I know. And I, I, I definitely wore a lot of hats in the winter because these <laughs> big-ass ears caught the wind in yeah. a big way. 888-760-3776. Who is your big college football, pro football coaching flameout? We've had Dan Mullen. We've had Manny Diaz, Adam Gase, Matt Patricia. We'll continue to take your calls when we come back. 888-760-3776. 888 888- 760-3776. Ken Levick Alive is presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. Dr. Jim Reardon. No flaming out there. That man has been in charge for 22 years, and there's a reason, because it's a dynasty with the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Every single year, graduates go on to their dream job in sports. They are teaching you how to get into sports. How do you get into the sports industry? Tina's heard it. Theo's heard it. I hear it all the time. Well, folks, there it is. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. There's your answer. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. Take the classes on campus in Boca or online at FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Pro football flameouts. College football flameouts. Who are the biggest? Dan Mullen for me on his way out. What a spectacular flameout. 888-760-3776. Theo Dorsey hanging out. WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. Christina Costanza, I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Levick. <laughs> Dan Mullen picked up a show cause penalty, had a player throw a shoe and pick up a penalty late in the fourth quarter of a huge game, threatened the university administration, incited a brawl at one of his games, and he did that all in the same season. That happened all in the same season. Dan Mullen is one of the all-time great coaching flameouts because he brought all of it on himself. Mm. It wasn't his teams not performing he went full crazy. I mean, it's it's wild. Like, did he fall off of a ladder last offseason? Did, did something happen to him that broke his brain? Because Dan Mullen's getting fired not because of on-field performance. This year was bad, yes. But after a guy who had the first three years that he had, he should have easily been able to survive year four, no matter what happened, especially in a weird quarterback transition year. But the fact that Dan Mullen is just kind of kind of off. I think that's the biggest reason. 
that he's losing his job. Ken Levicka, Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. Tina Costanza making sure she's spending some time with us. Ken Levicka live here on ESPN 106.3. Who says, who says that we don't work weekends? Theo? Theo's on during the weekends. That's his time to shine mm. on TV and at PBKC. You know that because the sports card market is exploding. Come see for yourself at the PBKC Sports Card Show all day from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. on the second floor of the Palm Beach Kennel Club. Over 60 vendor tables and featuring signed icon to buy, sell, and trade your cards. Enjoy great food, a full bar, door prizes, and ESPN 106.3 broadcasting live with guess who? Me, yeah, Theo Dorsey and Jay Martin. No Ken, though. Oh. We're going to miss you. Oh, I'll miss you. <laughs> <laughs> Best of all, admission is going to be free. The PBKC Sports Card Show, South Florida's premier sports card and memorabilia show. This Sunday, more info at pbkennelclub.com. And Ken, I know you want to pull up. Ken, you know, Tina, you're all invited. You can all pull right. up with us. All right. I okay. might just do that. I might just do that. Buy, I, sell, trade. I, I tell you what, though, starting Thursday, then Friday, Saturday, with Thanksgiving, you know what that is? Mm. That's getting some drinking every day. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. Let's go. Do you know Theo's actually coming to my house for Thanksgiving? Yeah. Really? Yes. Oh, that's kind of cool. And we're going to be drinking a lot so of apple crisp mimosas. Apple You're going to go up to Port St. Lucie? No, no, no. He's going to my parents' house. Oh. So he's going, going to Loxahatchee? How far is that? About the same as Port St. Lucie. <laughs> really? <except> the West. <laughs> really? No, it's not. I have been the similar Fill up your gas tank, man. It's uh, not that bad. I love you, Loxahatchee. And I, I love Tina's parents as well. I don't. I, I don't need Loxahatchee coming after me. <laughs> Biggest pro and college football coaching flameouts: Mullen, Diaz, Gase, Patricia. We'll go down the line. We'll take your tweets at ESPN West Palm in a second. Let's go to Palm Beach Gardens and let's bring in Kelly. Kelly, go Gators! Right. Oh, go Gators! <laughs> Through all kinds of weather, Ken. Through <sighs> all kinds of weather, but. I waited a long time on the phone because I really need to ask you a personal favor. Sure. I need you to reach out to your boy Lane for me uh-huh. and get him going down to Gainesville ASAP. All right. I'm glad that you... the recruiting season. Yeah. And he could uh, be right back at it next year, right back in the mix for the East. So, uh, Kelly, appreciate the call, and I'm glad that you led me into this. So, Lane Kiffin, one, will always want to talk about recruiting. So that's already a step up over <laughs> Dan Mullen, Okay. Now, I need to say this, and I know this is going to anger some people as well. I don't think Lane's going anywhere because he has everything he needs at Ole Miss. Mm. And Ole Miss is going to give him an extension. He's got a good roster. He's got a good recruiting class coming in. He's going after the, the next Manning quarterback prodigy. And so I don't think he's going anywhere. But, Theo, now that Florida is open, guess who absolutely has no chance at Lane Kiffin leaving Ole Miss to take over their college football program. The U. Ah, uh, don't say it. Miami, I'm sorry. Uh, but Florida is an infinitely more attractive job than Miami. The resources, it's the same recruiting area. Oh, but it's gain. That's fine. They get their ass down to South Florida and recruit all the time. Central Florida, North Florida, because guess what? It doesn't matter in 2021 because planes exist, Mm. all right? So I don't want to hear that anymore. It's just such a fertile recruiting ground. Guess what? It is for everybody. It's like Florida kids go all over the country. Mm. Enough of that garbage. Lane Kiffin has a better chance of being wooed by Florida than he does going to Miami. I don't think he's leaving. I think he's wildly happy at Ole Miss. 
but advantage Florida if you're having a discussion about where Lane would possibly go. Florida and LSU have the edge over Miami. But don't you think Miami's one advantage is it's the ACC and he might feel it's a little more winnable? So, with- Theo, let me let me address that because I've heard that a lot. Okay. okay. So, so present the full present the full point so that that I could everybody is yeah. clear about what I'm responding to. Okay. Yeah. Because as a Canes fan, I have to get my point together here. Yeah. So the Miami Hurricanes have a shot here more so than what Florida would have or okay. what LSU would have okay. at actually retaking over their conference and being the favorite. We're in the ACC. Clemson is not as great as they looked back when they had Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson. It looks like Dabo Sweeney can be had right now. And the ACC feels wide open. I mean, Pitt is about to go to the conference championship game or Wake Forest. Like, it's wide open in the ACC. He could come in, be a rock star. He could be the Nick Saban of the the ACC, but there's already a Nick Saban in the SEC. Tell me why I'm wrong. Well, Theo, I'm glad you brought up that point. Okay. So... Just pretend I'm Joe Fan, okay? Okay. I like a college football team, and I want the best possible thing for my team. I don't only want to win. I want to win the biggest games, which means the playoff, which means the national championship. That's what I strive for because my standards as a fan are high. Guess what I don't do? I don't coach college football. So if my standards are beat the best to get to the top, imagine... What it would be for a highly paid FBS head football coach like Lane Kiffin. You know what coaches, well, you know what you call coaches that would leave one job to go to another job because the path is infinitely easier to win a conference championship and because you don't have to face the best that the sport has to offer? That's called a loser. Mm. So Lane Kiffin's not a loser, okay? Lane Kiffin isn't leaving Ole Miss to circumvent Nick Saban. Want to know why? Because Lane Kiffin wants to beat Nick Saban. How did that go this year? Uh, Not great, but it almost went super great last year for Lane Kiffin. So Lane Kiffin is not leaving anywhere because it's an easier job. He's not going to come to Miami because he's like, oh, you know what, that's a good path to Charlotte. Because how sucky is it if you finish second seven and five and you go to the ACC title game? Oh, congrats. Lane's not going to be happy about that. For three years, I heard Lane Kiffin, as head coach at FAU, talk about Nick Saban over and over and over and over again. His level of obsession, and he'd never admit it, but his level of obsession over eventually topping Nick Saban is so high that there is no way that he would leave that to go take on anything other than Dabo in the ACC. Like nothing. And this is no offense to any other coach in the ACC, but you ain't Saban and you ain't Alabama. And that's what Lane Kiffin lives for. That's my response to your question. But it doesn't. It feels insurmountable right now, especially at Ole Miss. Like he would at least need to go to LSU or, or Gainesville. Like- Nick Saban's going to die someday. Yeah, but... So is Lane Kiffin, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a lesson for all of you kids out there listening. We all die someday, yeah, okay? Yeah. Uh, but, but Nick Saban's not going to be there forever. And Lane Kiffin is going to define himself and his coaching career by whether or not he can beat Saban. Mm. He's not leaving two years into this opportunity that came up to go to Miami. He's just not. Mm. He's not. And he's got 
Endless blank checks coming at Ole Miss if this continues. So you might as well ride that for as long as you can. And then if you feel like you've plateaued, say you beat Saban and you just feel like things have plateaued, then you can go to Miami. But speaking of the Canes, you know who I think is probably plateaued at his current school and really can't do anything further there? Who? Mario Cristobal. Oh, Oregon. So I think Mario Cristobal right now is, that would be my favorite to come to Coral Gables. Really? I thought that they were rumoring that he might be up for this uh, this Gainesville gig. I think Mario Cristobal. So let's do the same thing we just did with Lane. Mario Cristobal would 10 times overpick Miami over Florida. So he's a Mario loser? Cristobal is the Canes. No, it's because this is his blood. This is his DNA. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. You he's, just said. No, but he's already conquered the Pac-12. Okay, okay. He's got nothing more to prove there. The Pac-12, because of the nature of how bad it is, it's tough to even get into the playoff yeah. there. Even when you win the conference, I think that Mario Cristobal is the target. And so this brings me to this. Uh, I've had multiple people who are uh, very much in the know at Miami tell me that Tom Urich, the former Louisville AD, mm. is who by possibly early next week will be the next athletic director at Miami. And hmm. he is established he is extremely respected, and if I were to put betting odds on Tom Yurick as the AD, I'd make him 2-1 to one right now. Please don't bet on it. Yeah. Please don't bet on it, but it based on what I'm hearing, and I think it happens soon, which leads me to believe that Miami had a plan, and they're not doing this natural, national search thing for an AD, because the timing just didn't work out between the national signing day, and uh, they, this is why they're waiting on Manny. Season ends, Yurik comes in, makes a quick hire. Cristobal comes in, a little bit of time to make sure you get that first recruiting class in after a couple of days of watching tape, talking to some kids, or keeping commitments. I think that's the way this is shaping up for Miami. So is he a Canes guy? Is, is yes. Cristobal's a Canes guy. Through and through. See, I thought that he was a Florida guy. I don't know why I got that messed up. No, 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 no. He is a Canes guy through he's, and through and through. Guy. Absolutely. Well, come on down. Yeah. So You can't do what you did this past weekend, but come on down. But I think this is where this all ends up. I really think it's sort of destiny that Mario Cristobal becomes the next head coach of the Miami Hurricanes. Ken Levick alive. Theo Dorsey here on ESPN 106.3. And I want to tell you real quickly about Lawler & Associates' personal injury attorneys. Why? Oh, well, because Pat rules. And he's our sports agent insider and our sports law insider. Spent 20 years as an NFL agent. Patrick Peterson. Theo, you know who he is. Tyron Matthew. Theo, you know who he is. Oh, yeah. Pat represented him both. And he happens to be the best damn personal injury attorney you're going to find in South Florida. That's Lawler & Associates' personal injury attorneys. Free consultation. WantToLawyerUp.com. WantToLawyerUp.com for Lawler & Associates' personal injury attorneys, whether it's a slip and fall, an automobile accident, a boating accident, a cycling accident, uh, any personal injury matter. It's scary. It's confusing. And that's where Pat comes in. He has your back. The consultation is free. Wants to make sure he can represent you and earn you the compensation you deserve. Lawler & Associates, personal injury attorneys, wanttolawyerup.com. That's wanttolawyerup.com. What contender in the NFL had the worst loss yesterday? What contender is in the worst situation right now? Also, how come there's not any good Thanksgiving music? Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. Christina Costanza, I'm Ken Levick, and I'm live on ESPN 106.3.
From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken LaVica. Ken LaVica Live here on ESPN 106.3. Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. Here on a Monday on ESPN 106.3. And uh, before we uh, jump into who had the worst uh, day of all the contenders in the NFL, let me tell you about EDS Air Conditioning. EDS is, yes, EDS Air Conditioning, they have been doing it since 2006. They're family-owned and operated, and they're just there for you. With your AC, if it breaks down, if your AC, if it's acting up, your AC, it's not going to turn on. Well, they have your back. That's EDS Air Conditioning. EDS is, yes, they're a trained comfort specialist. It's hard to stop a train. They use the best equipment. You see that train everywhere, and it's because it lasts. It's because it's the best in the business. And the great thing about EDS Air Conditioning is that their plumbing needs are handled as well. You call up, you have a plumbing situation, they've got you taken care of. That's EDS Air Conditioning. EDS is yes. Go to edsairconditioning.com. EDS is yes. That's edsairconditioning.com. What is going on with Buffalo? Mm. The Bills are bad. Uh, Josh Allen throws for 209 yesterday, not efficient, throws a pick. Tua had a significantly better day than Josh Allen did yesterday. So I I know some of you uh, have Tua as the benchmark of poor quarterback play. Tua was much better yesterday than Josh Allen was. It's not that the Bills are losing that the Bills are sort of flat-out face-planting. You lose to the Colts at home 41-15. to mm. I don't know of any of the contenders that lost yesterday, if you can top that. like that, that, that is demoralizing, so much so that the Bills, who looked like they were just going to crawl to the AFC East title, the Patriots are in first place now. Mm. But then you also had Aaron Rodgers in his gimpy foot lose to the Vikings, Greg Joseph, FAU game-winning field goal. What's up, Greg? You had the Raiders, who are quickly starting to collapse here, losing big to the Bengals, 32-13. to I don't know what happened to the Cowboys. Maybe the question is, what's happened to the Chiefs' defense? Yeah. <laughs> they lose 19-9, to the Cowboys do. And then there's Seattle, who lose to the Cardinals, 23-13. to But for me, Buffalo, like, what is happening there? What is happening there? So... I guess right now it depends on what do you consider a contender. Do we consider contenders people who started the year thinking they were contenders? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that you go from who we thought before the season, yeah, they could be there in January. And all those teams I mentioned that lost yesterday, we we thought there was a chance they could be there in January. Maybe the Raiders played themselves into that over a couple of weeks. But, yeah, all these teams we thought had a legitimate chance. Yeah, when you're the Seattle Seahawks and you have playmakers on both sides of the ball, but also you have a top five to seven quarterback in Russell Wilson – DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, you can't go up against a team like the Cardinals with Colt McCoy and no DeAndre Hopkins and and lose handily. Like, yeah. and your offense never gets going. Like, I mean, I think to me that's the most embarrassing one and the most damning one because it's going to have the most long-lasting effects. These other ones, like the, you know, we can mention all of them, but, you know, the Titans, you know, these are one-offs. These are things where you have a hiccup, a, a trap game, but 
This one with the Seattle Seahawks versus the Cardinals, losing to Colt McCoy. Yeah. Pete Carroll's like, what, 0-3 versus Colt uh-huh. McCoy in the uh-huh. NFL? Yeah. That's embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it's <laughs> that, Embarrassing is the prime word to use yeah. there. Which contender had uh, the worst loss yesterday? For me, it's the Bills. Because I just don't know what happens now. How do they turn this around? Because the offense is sputtering and the defense is non-existent. It looked like they were well on their way. And... Uh, now the Patriots have come out of nowhere, and what's old is new, the Patriots, even without Tom Brady, are now leading the AFC East. 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, and tweeted us at ESPN West Palm, which contender, which NFL contender had the most concerning loss yesterday? And I think long-term, though, I'm more concerned about the Packers. Because mm. that Aaron Rodgers foot injury has a chance to be significant. That Aaron Rodgers foot injury could completely torpedo the season, it feels like. And they lost Elton Jenkins for the season. Their yeah. uh, was right tackle mm-hmm. um, with an ACL. So he's done. They've had a lot of long-term injuries. To, like it's, it's not looking good in Green Bay. So, you know. I just feel like long-term... That's a problem. If he's because they can't, that's not a quick fix. That foot injury and everything I've seen is that that could be something that just drags on through the course of the season. And an immobile Aaron Rodgers takes away a part of his game that he's always relied on. And if Aaron Rodgers isn't playing for the Packers, we sort of know what's going to happen. L's. Yeah, it was ugly. Yeah, Yeah. flat-out L's. Which contender had the worst loss yesterday, and which contender is in the most concerning situation right now? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And again, hit us up on Twitter, at ESPN West Palm. Theo Dorsey is CMWP-TV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Lavica, and we're back on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken LaVica. Uh, Bills fans, I would, uh, I would buckle up. This is getting a little concerning for you because you don't really look all that dynamic. Ken LaVica Live, I am... That guy, Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. Uh, and I want to real quick, before we get into our calls here, just go back to to what I said earlier about uh, the Canes and the AD situation. So Tom Jurich, former, former Louisville athletic director, left in 2018, I believe. Uh, so... I've heard this from more than one person that is around the program, and uh, do I do I know what's going to happen? No. Am I breaking news? Absolutely not. Tom Jurich has been a name from the start that's been rumored to be involved in the Miami AD search, but um, uh, from from former players and people around the program, I've gotten more than one contact saying, hey, we think it, Tom Jurich is going to be the AD and it could happen soon. So for me, uh, all I'm saying with this, by discussing Tom Jurich, because I do believe this is how it's going to go down, this is the part that makes the most sense timing-wise and maybe why Manny hasn't been let go yet because things are going to be run pretty expeditiously here over the next five to seven days, uh, especially with a new head coach that you conceivably would need before the early signing day. Uh, that it, it, it just seems like either A, uh, there is knowledge that this is certainly going to happen, or B, this is where everybody has now sort of rally or rallied around, and that is the, the primary target. That's how it sounds to me. So I suppose what I'm saying is, again, if I were to put betting odds on Tom Jurich being the guy, 
then I would put two to one odds right now. But don't go bet on it. Yeah, don't go bet on it. Could be different. <laughs> Maybe not, George. But that that is to me what it seems like the right now the focus for those who love the Canes program and have been a part of or are part of the Canes program. That's where they're at right now. Is that one singular name? Mm-hmm. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3, and you can tweet at us at ESPN uh, uh, West Palm. The contender that had the worst loss yesterday, and now long-term, things look a little dicey. 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. Ronnie is in Boca. Ronnie, uh, no, check that. Hold on. That We already talked to Ronnie. Larry is in Boynton. What's up, Larry? Larry, you're on Ken Levick Alive. What's up, Larry? Hey, guys. Uh, Ken, Teddy Dolo, love the show. Appreciate it, man. Just wanted to say, just wanted to say, uh, Ryan Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans. Ryan Tannehill doing his best Oprah Winfrey impression yesterday. <sighs> you get an interception. You get an interception. You get an interception. Yeah. With Derrick Henry being out, I think that was the most crushing loss to the Houston Texans, and I think they're in trouble. Yeah. I'll hang up and listen. Yeah, appreciate the call, and that's a good one, and that's one I didn't mention. Yeah, Tannehill. And, and I know that the hardcore football folks, Theo, will say, ah, I love Tannehill. I have the hustle chasing after someone who picked off his pass. I've, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I never want to see my quarterback try and make a tackle. Ever, 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 ever. It There's better be the no Super need. Bowl. It better be the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Where he can nurse a broken finger or a broken hand after that for months on end. Yeah. Tannehill is too important now with no Derrick Henry to... And I, I don't know, because that's one loss. Like, we're reacting to one loss here. Last week, the Titans, we were praising them for <laughs> how an impressive uh, a victory they were able to pull off with no Derrick Henry. I'm not ready to say long-term they're in trouble, but if this happens for a second straight week, then it's definitely issues for them. Yeah, and it's a divisional game, all right, and it's a team in the Texans who have been trying to play hard every game. They just have been bad, and Tyrod Taylor's back. So that's why I give the Texans' loss a bit of a pass. They should have won that game, yes, but the Texans are a professional football team, and it's a divisional opponent. So. That still is a horrific loss. <laughs> I, I mean, sweet Lord. But the thing with the Bills long-term is that we're starting to see a little bit of a pattern. I think short-term, that was the worst loss yesterday. Long-term, we're starting to see a concerning pattern. But for the Packers, with the Rodgers injury, Rodgers is that team. If yeah. Rodgers goes down, it's the Vikings division. Over with. In what is a horrific division. Let's be clear about that. But the Vikings immediately become the favorite if Aaron Rodgers ends up going down. Uh, Steven is in West Palm. What's up, Steven? What's up, Ken? Um, first off, I want to say this. I've been calling it several times. I want to say, man, I look forward to your show, brother. And, like, you know, when I miss the show, I get pretty mad. And to get on to um, what I feel about um, the contenders, yeah. I truly feel like Tennessee is number one tied with um, Seahawks. Uh, I really I was in Atlanta, so I didn't really get to catch any games. So when I looked at ESPN and I saw the Seahawks lost, I'm like, oh man, well, it's Colin Murray, you know what's going on? With-? And I end up just looking and seeing, and I'm like, man, yeah, they they, they lost to Colt McCoy, yeah. And I, I don't really consider um, the Bills that surprising because before the season, a lot of us thought the Dolphins were going to be a better team. You know, I just think Tennessee and. Specifically, the Seahawks are the biggest thing. Yeah, yeah and appreciate that, Stephen. Thanks, man. And uh, the Seahawks are, are someone, Theo, that I know that you're sort of down on because uh, you've got you've got Pete Carroll leaving the podium halfway through his press conference yesterday. Yeah, and they're going to take a shower, getting changed, and coming back in. 
It looks like Pete's sort of on his way out, right? Pete uh, looks pretty much cooked in Seattle. He's been cooked since Russell Russell, uh, Wilson was wearing Let Russ Cook shirts, which is a direct indictment on Pete Carroll because (laughs) who's stopping him from cooking? His head coach. That'd be Pete, right? The master chef. (laughs) He's like, no, you can't cook. So, yeah, Pete, I, I feel bad for the guy. He's like 87 years old. He's done in Seattle. He's, he's, uh, he's about done. Uh, real quick, before we get to Troll Theo, I want to tell you about Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. It's where I got my Kia K5 GT, and it's where you're going to have an outstanding car buying experience. Hey, a lot of you have a long weekend coming up. Take advantage. Get the car you want for the holidays. Get the car you need for the holidays. And get the financing you've always been looking for that maybe you had trouble finding at other dealerships. It's a process. Finding the place you want to go back to to find a car. Greenway Kia West Palm Beach, it's going to start and end right there. They are taking care of you at Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. They have the credit clinic on site. Bank reps on site. Worried about your payment, your credit? They are going to fight for you. Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. It's where I bought my car, get my car service. That beautiful Kia K5 GT. You're going to have a great experience at Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. Check out that selection online. GreenwayKiaWestPalmBeach.com. That's GreenwayKiaWestPalmBeach.com. And check out the dealership. Military Trail, half mile south, Palm Beach International Airport. Theo's been there. I've been there. Tina's been there. We love it. It's Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. Theo. Who are you directing your trolling at on this Monday? You again, someone who taunts your friends if their fantasy team is losing, if their team is losing. Where is your ire being directed today? I like to make the show go full circle, and I'm circling right back to the man who's exiting, Dan Mullen. Dan, I have a question for you here today as you as you try and figure out what went wrong out there in Gainesville. Um, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but Tim Tebow's not walking through that door. Uh-uh. Uh, Dak Prescott is not walking through that door. Preach. Even Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts are not walking through that door. Amen. When you have to make something work with guys who are not elite quarterbacks, Mm -hmm. elite offensive weapons, Mm -hmm. and then you're stuck with what you have, Mm -hmm. you can't call for more fans in the stands. Mm -mm. You can't pull out your little Darth Vader uniform. Nope. And I would troll you even further, but Eli Drinkwitz, of all people, has already trolled you enough. (laughs) Let the force be with you. Let the door hit you on the way out, Dan Mullen. Goodbye. Once and for all in Gainesville. Theo Dorsey, strong! Oh, man, that made me all tingly. Uh, I'm in my honeymoon period right now with Theo Dorsey. That was hot. Theo, thanks, brother. I appreciate it. Have a good Thanksgiving, okay? Will do. We're right there at Tina's house. We're going to kick it. Yep, we'll be there. And what are the martinis again? It's No, it's apple crisp mimosas. Mimosas? Martinis. He's ready to drink, (laughs) drink. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, the real stuff. Mimosas. Man, Theo's going basic with Tina. I didn't see this coming on Thanksgiving. Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5. WFLX Fox 29. Justina Costanza, she'll be back at 3 with the home team. Stone the banner with Friday Night Lights. Appreciate you. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Bye now.